0: I'd like to tell about our mission trip to Cusco, Peru, a medical mission um, and if you'll advance to the next slide of uh, the members of West 7th who participated this year, uh, Lori James, Lisa and Carrie Couch. The next slide please. The city of Peru is about 11,000 feet above sea level uh, so breathing is Kind of a challenge at first uh, but it's it's right in the heart of the Andes mountains and uh, it has about five hundred thousand people uh, in the surrounding area next slide please um, the first day that we arrived we were able to go to the main plaza where um, uh, it's been the center of town since the Uh, Spanish conquistadors uh, took over uh, from the Incas, and this is from a restaurant that we visited. Next slide, please. Um, This is the sign for the church building, and the next slide shows pictures of the church. Um, We have um, been going on this mission trip for six years, um, and the church has actually been established Uh, at this congregation for seven years. There are four families that um, serve as missionaries there in various capacities, the Kaisers, Davises, Reeves, and Westmorelands. There's also a young lady, uh, Corinne, who helps with the women's program as well. Next slide, please. Um, the Candyman operates in Peru, just like he does at West 7th. And next slide. Um, we were touched to sure, um, on Sunday evening when we um, heard from our friend Diego here uh, on the right. And uh, Diego has served as one of our translators, and all of us have worked with him for the last uh, three Years And we were thrilled, even before we went on this trip, to learn that he had become a Christian. But we were also encouraged by um, his words on Sunday evening, letting us know what the medical campaign had meant to him um, and how the first time that he uh, agreed to be a translator, at that time in his life, he was an atheist. Um, And he told how the uh, introduction to the campaign and then follow-up for the next couple of years actually influenced his decision to become a Christian. So praise God for that. Next slide, please. In Matthew 4, Jesus calls his first disciples and invites them to uh, follow him and become fishers of men. And in verse 23, uh, Matthew says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And this is what we attempted to do in our medical campaign uh, was to address the the diseases and sicknesses of the people, but along the way proclaim the good news of Jesus and show the love of Christ to the people of Cusco next slide please This is our entire group and next slide um, it was actually a uh, neighborhood of Cusco where a cathedral was sort of the center point with a plaza in front of that and so our clinic was uh, on the outside next slide uh, that shows the tents of our clinic, and next slide. Um, this is what we encountered when we came one morning and learned that the people had lined up starting at two am Next slide, um, the line continued throughout the day. Next slide, um, our doctors and nurse practitioners here and next slide. Um, Showing uh, Lori and one of the optometrists seeing patients. The lady on the left um, has a white hat. We learned later that that is in, indicative of the fact that she can speak both Spanish and Quechuan. Um, next slide. Uh, more pictures under the tents seeing patients. Next slide. Um, We see all sorts of of folks from kids to older people. The lady on the left um, was 105. Next slide. Um, These are the people that worked in the pharmacy, either as translators or um, dispensing. Next slide. Um, And the next couple of slides are from the pharmacy, if you'll click through that. And uh, we are always intrigued by the the children, and Carrie often has toys and candy for them. Next slide. Um, The Davises, um, two of the missionaries, um, had us to their home for a typical Peruvian dinner. Next couple slides show that. And... um, then on, on the final day, we got to do a little um, travel to the, to the valley area, uh, and you can advance. Um, but the trip, um, we were thrilled that we were able to see 1,870 patients uh, in the four days of the campaign. We also rejoiced that there were two baptisms, and on the trip, um, I'm always on the lookout for a good photo opportunity for Carrie Couch. So, um, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure what the white hat means, but if you'll click again, uh, the I think the black hat means you're smarter and better looking.
1: Jeff and Lori were pioneers who went the uh, after the first year and. Uh, Uh, They're the reasons, uh, and and got us going. So it's, uh, Lisa and I have done a lot of mission work the last 10 or 12 years, and this is probably uh, our favorite trip and the most productive, and uh, they continually uh, baptize um, the people that we see all year long. Their study goes on. Uh, There's usually not a lot of baptisms while we're there, but there's a lot of Bible studies that that are there while we're going on but they really the next four or five months everybody who comes through that signs up and wants to talk to somebody about uh, Jesus uh, the the whole congregation is involved in evangelism and so they continually have uh, uh, baptisms all throughout the year and Diego our translator I saw on Facebook today uh, he preached he's never preached before but he preached at the congregation today. So hes uh, he was going to be an engineer. He's in school for that, but he's changed his mind, and he wants to be a preacher for the gospel. So uh, praise the Lord for him and all those that have touched him. Let's talk to God. God, thank you for the work in Cusco and, and the works around the world, but especially for these missionary families that uh, give up much from uh, their families and uh, even the comforts of the U.S., and are willing to go and, and uh, teach and preach and share and help and comfort full-time. And, Father, we ask blessings on our U.S. team there uh, for their uh, tenure commitment and willing to uh, go and teach the gospel in, in, a, in a nation that uh, uh, that, needs, uh, that needs Jesus so bad. So we're grateful for them and ask blessings on them but also for blessings on the congregation there at Alou and all the new members uh, that we have there that, uh, that are over 100. And, and, Father, as they continue to grow each year when we go back and see them, we ask blessings on that church and also on those that they're still doing Bible studies with, the hearts that have been touched. And, Father, be with them in that community and bless them and protect them. And may Jesus continue to be pro- proclaimed and we're thankful for your blessings for that work and for allowing the elders here to uh, to help uh, uh, sponsor and do things and and uh, oversee some of that work we're grateful for that through christ we pray amen i am pinch hitting tonight for
2: uh, daryl he and dina have gone to a funeral in chattanooga i believe early last fall daryl dina and linda committed to a mission trip um, with um, Let's Start Talking Ministries. A few weeks later, Darrell talked to me about joining the team, and uh, after a few days of thinking about it, I said yes. And we spent the next 10 weeks or so praying, training, and familiarizing ourselves with the material that we would be using while there. We committed ourselves to a two-week trip to Buenos Aires, Argentina. We left on uh, February the 22nd. We returned on March the 15th of this year. It is a city of several million people. The vast majority are Roman Catholic, but uh, very few of them attend mass on a regular basis. Our goal in going was to assist people there in improving their reading and speaking skills in the English language. Of course, the language there is uh, Spanish. And most of our reading that we did with them was from the Gospel loop. Uh, in some cases, where they'd already gone through that workbook, we studied with them from John. And some had gone through all the workbooks, and so we studied various places in the Bible with them. Uh, this is a picture of the group the first day that we arrived it's hard to believe but we're all smiling after spending a night on an airplane an airplane that I might say was one of the most cramped airplanes I've ever been on in my life but uh, and this is a view of the auditorium of the church building from upstairs looking down on it they have a very beautiful facility there it's uh, well maintained. It's paid for. It uh, meets their needs and will meet their needs for some time to come. We uh, worked with the church in the area of Buenos Aires called Caballito. It's almost in the center of the city. It's a huge, huge city. Um, there, and that congregation is one of, as I understand it, one of four or five congregations in the city. And the church has, I would say, didn't really ask, but somewhere, just guessing from the attendance, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100, uh, give or take a of, few of as far as the membership. And there are a lot of young people, there are a lot of teenagers, college students, a lot of young families, young couples. Um, there are a lot of uh, individuals that are professional people. All the people are very well educated in that country. They're well read. They, um, it appeared for, to us to be a very united congregation of people. They're a very impressive group of Christians. They're very involved. They're very committed. And uh, we were just very, very impressed. It was encouraging to us to learn that several of the members were first introduced to the church through this very program, Let's Start Talking Ministries. In fact, the man who picked us up at the airport and took us back to the airport... Uh, was converted through the first introduced to the church through this ministry and he became a Christian eight years ago and is very involved with the church he has a beautiful wife and two young children and just making a tremendous contribution to the church there this picture that you're looking at here is a picture of a birthday party for uh, the preacher's wife Laura she's I don't know if you can tell her or not but she's in the blue and has red hair there aren't too many there with red hair But anyway, this was a birthday party for her, and these are a few of the members of the congregation. They have uh, two ministers. One is uh, Oswaldo Valdez, and this is a picture of him and his family. This is his wife, Laura, and their two uh, daughters. Oswaldo is a native of Argentina, and Laura is from California. They met at Lubbock Christian University, where they... Uh, started dating and and then finally married, and they've been working together in Argentina now for 30 years or so. And they have two daughters. The youngest daughter is now a student at uh, Lubbock Christian, and their oldest daughter has graduated from college, is doing some tutoring and trying to get a a teaching job there in the area. But her real goal is to eventually move to Japan and uh, be a missionary in Japan, and she's been studying Japanese now for some time. The other minister, and I don't know about this picture. I did not take it, but anyway, this is Joel Banks. He is uh, from the States. Uh, We only met him the last couple days we were there because he had been here giving reports and raising funds, Uh, but we did get to meet him before we left. and uh, He is from the States. He's been uh, working in Argentina now for 30 years as well. Um, And so these... These two men are making a tremendous impact uh, in the community there in Buenos Aires. All three of these individuals, the two preachers plus uh, Laura, the wife, uh, conduct home Bible studies each week, and they do a tremendous job following up on these individuals that we contact through Let's Start Talking Ministries. All four of us who went agree that uh, really the uh, most enjoyable part of our trip was meeting and working with the readers. It's amazing how quickly we formed bonds with those people. We studied and with a total of 44 different individuals and involved ourselves in 117 hours of working with them. All of us had several interesting readers that, uh, that we enjoyed. We enjoyed really all of them, but some of them made a greater impact on us than others. But those individuals could not have been nicer and kinder and more appreciative of what we were doing. Not one individual that I know of complained that the studies that we were doing were taken from the Bible. In fact, they all seemed to really enjoy the studies and to benefit greatly from them. And I think the thing that impressed me was the fact that they were being brought face to face with Jesus through a study of the book of Luke. This first picture is a picture of Daryl studying with one of his workers. This is one of his favorites. Her name is Valerie. And the thing that impressed him about her is that she was raised Jewish, but he was telling me that she's had so many difficulties in her life, and it's had such an impact on her life that she became agnostic. A Couple years ago, she started these studies with the LST program, and now she's to the point that she once again does believe in God. And hopefully, one of these days, she'll even become a Christian. The next uh, picture is um, Dina with uh, her favorite reader, John Charles. In fact, she fell in love with this guy, I think. And I don't know if Daryl was jealous or not, but uh, we all thought that she was going to put him on the plane and bring him back with her. But uh, He is a doctor. He's a, a psychiatrist, but didn't enjoy that particular field of... Uh, Work So he went back to school and became a radiologist and uh, he has gone through all of the uh, studies of the LSD program and she was studying in various places in the Bible with him and uh, he's very close to becoming a Christian and uh, our prayer is that one of these days we'll read and learn that he did. Linda is here with one of her favorite readers Gabriella. Gabriella is uh, 56 years old and she lost her job primarily because of her age and now she devotes a lot of time to uh, volunteer work in the city. She is Catholic in background and was very familiar
0: with and
2: she the humanity of Jesus. That was something that was new to her and something that really made an impression on her. This is another of Linda's readers, and I bring this up because it was also one of mine, and that is a fellow by the name of Nestor. He is a professor at the local university. His field of expertise is electrical engineering. And uh, Linda one day scheduled two readers at the same time, and so I helped her out by taking Nestor off of her hands, and uh, come to find out very quickly that Nestor did not believe in God and I asked him why and he says because I believe in science and I believe in logic well that's like saying Sikkim to a dog so uh, the next hour to say the least was quite interesting but I thought it was really interesting that he had no problem with us going to the Bible looking at some of the passages and talking about it very open minded and a very interesting fellow to talk to and this was my favorite reader this is Valentina She is a college student. She's in her third year of school, and she is studying, of all things, to be an English teacher, and she's very fluent in English, and we have corresponded through emails uh, since I've come back, and she was telling me in the last email that she has now read with three other individuals since we were there, and so there's been three different groups that have gone to that same location, And uh, she says she's really enjoyed all of that. And so I would assume by now that she should be pretty close to being through the book of Luke and maybe ready to start in the Gospel of John. But all four of us were very much blessed by our experiences in Argentina. And uh, very heartfelt thanks to the church here for your financial support, for your prayers while we were there, for our safety, for the work we were doing, and just pray that you'll continue to be involved in prayers on behalf of those people. One of the things that I observed is that these individuals are very nice people, they're very kind, they're very gracious, but they're very slow at making a decision to become Christians. But I also observed that once they make that decision, that they are committed. And so it takes a long time to make a convert, but once you have that person, that person is going to be faithful to God from now on. And so it's quite a challenge for the church there, and they've done such a wonderful job, and I think that's one of the reasons why they have such a committed congregation. Thank
3: you. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for all the blessings that we receive through your Son, Jesus Christ through your grace and your mercy. We are thankful for these that have devoted their time and efforts to furthering your kingdom by studying with the people of Argentina. By using this series of Let's Start Talking and studying the book of Luke and others, we pray that the work they do has planted seeds. That these souls that have studied with them studied your word that the seed may take root and flourish and that in time they may come to know you and obey your word and become christians and serve you faithfully the rest of their lives father we we know that we are to plant the seed you are to give the increase we pray that this is what will happen with the people in Argentina not only in Argentina but in all of our mission efforts throughout the world that you will give the increase that your kingdom will grow that many souls will be added to your kingdom that we may meet them if not on this side of eternity on the other side father that we may see that through your blessing, through our efforts, that you have given the increase. Father, we ask thee to be with all of our mission efforts. We pray that we will do that what we have been asked to do, to go and sow the seed. We pray that it will be fruitful. It will not return to you empty. It is in Christ's
4: name we pray. Amen. Good evening. It's my honor and privilege to present to you a brief summary of the experience we had at the City of Children this year. Um, the City of Children, well, first of all, raise your hand if you've ever been to the City of Children. There's several of you I know. The, the uh, uh, Bennett's, John and Lisa Bennett, led a team of 53 members over spring break and 46 of them were teenagers. You do the math, the odds were against us. We had seven adults and, and 46 very well-behaved teenagers. It was a great week and um, it is an honor for me to uh, talk to you about the City of Children. It's in Ensenada, Mexico, which is, <laughs> I'm getting a, a sign that my tech is faulty, so we may talk for a while. Um the, it's in Ensenada, Mexico, which is about an hour and a half south of San Diego. So it's in the Baja. It's um, a very dry place, but it's it's 70 degrees and sunny pretty much all year long. So it's very nice. The weather is very nice there. Um, as I said, uh, City of Childrens in Ensenada. It started in the 70s uh, by the Churches of Christ in California and um, is governed by a board of directors. Several members of that board board of directors are from Tennessee, and several are from Middle Tennessee. And you probably know some of them. There's an American director named Tom Bagan. His role is to facilitate the groups that come to the city almost every week, all summer long. And the Mexican directors are Patty and Ricardo Rodriguez. Now, their role is to facilitate the Mexican government in the city, and that becomes quite a chore because uh, having Americans coming into a children's home on a regular basis is not typical for an, an orphanage or a children's home um, to take place. So there, there are, there's a lot to deal with with the um, uh, Mexican government. The City of Children receives uh, children from the DIF, D-I-F, and that's like the, the uh, Department of Children's Services for the, the country of Mexico. And they come from, from pretty desperate situations. It's not so much an orphanage, although kids that come may not have any parents. Their parents may be deceased. That's a little early. But we'll pause it. Good. Give me about one more minute, and then we'll roll with that. Um, they, they come for, 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 to the city for several reasons. One's abandonment. Uh, some parents just abandon children. It is a poor area. Uh, they may not be able to take care of them. They, um, the diff may have relatives that uh, uh, can't take care of the kids. Physical, sexual abuse cases, death of parents, no living relatives. So there's a various various reasons why um, kids come to the city of children. When you get there, you'll see a, a camp-like atmosphere. It's very clean. It's very structured. Uh, there's a a strong set of rules in place, as you can imagine, and children work every day, they play every day, and they are very well taken care of. They go to public schools, uh, which is right there in Ensenada, not very far. The city of children does have a bus that takes them to public schools. So our role as a group coming into the city um, is to, first of all, provide them with a VBS each night we're there, and uh, we have classes, we have a skit, we have a theme that we present, and the uh, kids are the ones that, the, the the kids that we take are the ones that do the VBS. We help structure it with a lot of prodding from John and Lisa Bennett, but we help structure it, and they present the lessons, and they present the classes. Secondly, our role is to bring joy to those children. That's one of the main reasons we're there, is to play with children, and that's why it's so much fun. Every day between two and four, we go play with kids. Everybody's expected to play, Um, and that brings out the kid in all of us when um, you play. It's a universal language. It really is, so you can play with anybody. Lastly, we do some work projects. We do work projects at the City of Children, anything that might need painted again, or painted for the first time. We also have some uh, fixing-up type of projects we may do at the city. But we also partner with the uh, Baja Missions, and we take groups out into the community, and we do food relief and um, usually a work project at a local congregation. So this year, we worked in uh, with the congregation of El Zurio, which is, if you know Spanish, that means the skunk. It's in an area, apparently, that smelled bad at one time in its life. That's not its real name. That's kind of its nickname. But El Zerillo has a congregation there that needed some concrete poured. And it seems like concrete is the work of choice in the Baja. Pretty soon the whole place will be concreted. The more people we have to go to the Baja because we have a lot of concrete needs there. Um, Another thing, wanted to give a shout-out to Sue Fox and her Uh, group of uh, manicurists and pedicurists. Sue does um, all kinds of uh, um, pampering of the moms and gives haircuts to the dads. So that's another thing that we do at the City of Children. Um, But thank you West 7th for supporting that trip. It's an excellent trip. The kids love it every year. Um, There, as I said, there were more students from CA that went this year than ever went before. And it's growing every year. And if you have an opportunity to do that, I encourage you to go. You will find the inner child in you, whether you like it or not. You really will. At this time, um, I'd like to go to God in prayer and ask God's blessing on this this, uh, home and this mission. God, our Father, we are so thankful to live in a place where we live, to be in a country that has plenty, God, we want to pray and bring before you uh, the work that goes on at the City of Children. We want to ask your blessing upon all that goes on there. First of all, with the board of directors as they govern that work. Give them wisdom in all the decisions they make. God, we pray that you be with Tom and Patty and Ricardo as they uh, lead the city. As they take care of the day-to-day operations, as they make decisions about children, as they facilitate and receive children from the Diff, God, we ask that Your hand be upon that work, and we ask that You bless the choices they have to make, and may Your peace be there. God, we want to be with, or ask that You be with all the moms and the dads that that actually supervise the children in their dorms, help them to uh, be good role models. Help them to be encouraged by the groups that come this summer. Help them to um, again have good decisions. Seek your seek your will in all that they do. God, we ask that you be with the children because they come from difficult situations. Lord, we ask that you help heal them because they come with with uh, brokenness. They come with physical brokenness sometimes, and most all the time, some emotional brokenness. They come with the need of family, but have none. They come with the need of love and sometimes don't receive it till they get to the city. God, we pray that you be with them. Help them to um, see the love and feel the, feel the love that's given to them at the City of Children. Help them to find friends. Help them to find the family there that, um, that they need. And we ask your blessing upon them that they may grow they may grow to get closer to you. Then they may become a child of yours. God, there's a lot of groups that are going to the city children this summer. Um, there's a lot of people that are involved in this work, and we pray, Lord, that you be with the plans that are being in pla- that are in place. We pray, Lord, that those that are leading the groups will do so with um, strength and with uh, tenacity about what they're doing. That they may give all that they can give to the kids at the city. God, we are thankful. We're thankful that the city of children exists. We thank you, Lord, for those so many years ago that, that started this home for children. We're thankful for, that, for the area, uh, that the area has a place to send children that are in need. God, we know their mission is not just to care for their physical needs, but their spiritual needs as well. We ask, Lord, that you um, bless that. May all the children there come closer to you and one day make a decision to put Christ on as their Lord and Savior. Through his name we pray. Amen.
5: My name's Ben Diles, and I used to worship here.
4: It's good to be back. It's good to
5: see a bunch of friendly faces, people that I remember and hopefully remember me. My family still goes here. My wife is not a widow yet. Uh, So I appreciate y'all's support. We went to, to... Uh, This is a picture of all the luggage of things that this congregation, along with some ladies at the Southgate congregation, provided. Everything on that cart went to Michael and Chris with about half a suitcase full of stuff that Sharon Pinkston herself provided for Gavin and Lauren. And so that is a lot of stuff. Our bags are the two little bags, uh, the green one and the little silver one. So that's the clothes we took. All the rest of that stuff was for them. And so this congregation showed a lot of support for the Bowens, and they were glad to get it. This, of course, is Michael and Chris and Cannon and Juju uh, there. Uh, Cannon has good days and bad days. This particular moment was a bad day, <laughs> but uh, that's normal for this age. And you can also tell that Cannon, one of two, two of Cannon's favorite people are... Uh, one is Paul Patrol, I think. He thinks he's the dog on Paul Patrol and pretends to be a dog about half the time. The other time, he is uh, Curious George, and that's what's on his shirt there. You'll see it clear here in a minute. And when he's Curious George, Michael is the man in the yellow hat. Not dad, not daddy, but the man in the yellow hat. Um, this is their backyard. This is where we spent a lot of time while we were there pushing Cannon and uh, Juju, both of whom seem to have an unenduring addiction to swinging. They like it a lot and can't get enough of it. Um, this was, they took us on a little bit of a tour when we were there. We basically were there to encourage them to get a report on the work that they're doing and present that back to you and uh, just see how the work was progressing. Um, I was there representing, and you can't tell, but that's a TED shirt. So I was representing Middle Tennessee and Columbia when we were there. I showed this slideshow at school and it took me uh, 47 minutes so we've got 43 to go I hope y'all are ready to go I, I did shorten it some uh, we took out all of the the cultural things because to be honest tonight's presentation is not about the culture it's not it's not about how it's hot it's not about the weird food which both of which are true uh, it's not about you know the the things that are intriguing to American tourists—it's about these things. These two pictures. Uh, the, the one, the one on your left, that uh, that kind of spiky-looking building is a stupa. It's a Buddhist temple. It's uh, over a thousand years old. It's one of the oldest structures. The most famous single site. in do their mission work, and it kind of shows what they're up against. They are up against thousands of years of tradition, uh, if you know much about Buddhism, then you know that uh, the Buddha predates uh, the, the physical birth of Christ. Uh, he dates from about five the 5th century BC, which means for 2,500 years, the people in Laos roughly, give or take a century or two, have been animistic slash Buddhist worshipping their ancestors, worshipping the spirits, and um, And the vast majority of the country is Buddhist. And so these shrines, these are two of the more prominent shrines, but there are shrines all over the place. In fact, Michael and Chris took us to a a location called There in a minute. And on the way there, I kind of made a joke out of asking every time we passed a Buddha is this Buddha park to the point where it's very hard to annoy Michael. And I did it. Uh, And so I asked often enough, and that's because there were so many parks dedicated to worshiping Buddha. This is real close to those two pictures there. This is by by the way, Canon and Juju are not praying to the Buddha. They're just looking at it to clarify, but there are these statues all over and you can see the little flowers in front of Canon's face there. There had been an offering made that morning to the Buddha. Um, you could feel, the, the feeling of kind of Satan's hold on these people was palatable. And that's what I think was the, the impression that left me the most. Um, Michael and Chris are doing a great job. They're up against a very difficult culture, a very difficult language, which they both speak seem to speak extremely well. Considering they're Westerners, it's a language unlike any language that we would try to study and they're both, conver- uh, you know, have conversational ability. And every time they hear a word that they don't know, they, they write it down and try to learn it. Uh, Michael, like he does here, and you'll remember, talks to anybody and everybody. The, the fish vendor, the egg vendor, the, the, the lady that, that comes and helps out sometimes at their home. They, they talk, he talks to everybody, and it's not long before that conversation is going to include uh, Christ. In in a study, they're involved in a a number of studies, but they're they're working against a culture that is resistant to the gospel, and uh, they're alone. And it's not like here. Um, I'll show you a couple other things. This is the front door. Nation, even though it's sort of like the Chinese brand of communism, not the Russian brand. So capitalism is rampant. It's just a totalitarian state with very strange rules. One of those rules being that Westerners cannot own property. Um, so this is not the house that they own, but they rent. And no matter how long they live there, they would always have to rent. Uh, but it is a nice home. Um, this is a picture of uh, they have also developed kind of a support network of the Westerners in is important for sanity reasons. You know, when you look different and you talk different than everybody else and everybody else eats different foods, that is... Uh, you know, I'm not a, a missionary, uh, but that's where you get into culture shock. And it is cumulative. It's the way Michael put it was it's not lots of big stresses. It's lots and lots and lots of little stresses and that those add up over time. And so you need Westerners. So this was at a at a, a friend's house who was there to celebrate uh, Michael and they were all there to celebrate Gavin's birthday and the departure of Gavin and Lauren. So Gavin is holding Juju and and his daughter Eliza. You can see him on the couch and and Lauren is on the far end of the couch there right before they left. Um, This is the Buddha park that I was telling you about. And you can see maybe a little bit of what I'm talking about, the feeling of the hold of Satan. This is a, a Buddhist structure that's supposed to represent the heaven and hell essentially, the Buddhist version of that. The mouth of the demon is supposed to be uh, the entryway to, to hell. The tree represents life. Um, Michael won't go into that, and I don't blame him. Uh, it, it really is kind of spooky. And I hope that you all see the need to continue to pray for them all the time. All the time. For their strength and for the hearts of the people that they're working for, people to turn from these inanimate objects, these statues that represent a man who is just a man, and stories that are not true and have no eyewitness accounts—total uh, opposite of our God, the one true God. Um, their idea is to work with on a on a small scale to. T- Will then eventually teach Lao's, and from the very beginning, it's very much like the the, the plan in Cusco, with minus the the building. Uh, owning a building is not something that's a viable option. It is a communist nation, and technically, there is a there are two allowed state Christian religions. A state catholic church and a state protestant church but if you're not part of those two state-sponsored churches then you have to be underground so all studies have to be somewhat uh, you know quiet they have to be small they have to teach people to teach people who will teach people and the idea being in five or six years uh, when their term of service is over if uh, that there's a dozen or 20 or teaching and studying with 60 or 100 and 10 years from now there's 60 and 100 years from now there's a doubling of a doubling of a doubling of a doubling you know that's the idea uh, a church that is perpetually self-supporting a church that is perpetually self-sustaining without uh, American interest or uh, or effort to give it to the hand of God and let God combat a culture that builds this and worships at these type sites, um, this is an example of the kind of. There is, luckily, a fairly large uh, expat community from lots of European and uh, North American nations, which means that there's a smattering of these little businesses that are kind of like uh, run by Christian organizations, and they're also kind of like mind relief for the Bowens. The Bowens very kind to us. My first meal in in Lao was not. They tried. Basically, so my first meal was a Caesar salad, uh, which is not, you know, native, but it was very good to me. This night, uh, this was a, a burger place, and so they're they're trying to take us and protect us. But I wanted to show you this to show you just kind of uh, it, it is that that group of adults on that wall, and, and and it's kind of them versus an entire culture, and they have they've probably. I don't know the number uh, the exact number of students they've conducted somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 20 or thirty individual studies, and they're in the midst of three or four group studies. They're working with other individuals at the time to always bring those studies about. Um, but to show you kind of the way that this impacts these people when we were there and we went to the market, Michael was showing us a man who uh, was selling the eggs and If you know much about Michael's diet, uh, he eats lots and lots of protein and very few carbs, like no carbs, which means lots of eggs. So we were asking him if this where he got his eggs. And he said, well, I used to get my eggs here until this man offered me a second wife. (laughs) And so you could get a dozen eggs and a little wife is what, uh, you know, just as part of their culture. It's accepted to have a second wife on the side. And he was offering one for sale. So that's, that's the culture where that's, not, that's openly discussed and part of just their society. And, and so once that happened, he saw that his attempts to get this man to study were not being fruitful. And so he stopped buying eggs from this man. He still talks to him when he sees him, but, but he doesn't buy eggs from him anymore. Um, I just showed you this picture to show that one of the key industries in Laos is the silk trade. This is uh, Chris and Heather dyeing some silk blue and indigo. And it's uh, one of the organizations that supports, give them jobs that are productive as opposed to some of the other career options that they could take. And this is from the last night or so in their home. Uh, we ate uh, our own traditional meal that night, and, and it was actually... Okay, we didn't die. So, uh, but uh, I guess I'm here to tell you that they're doing well, that they miss you, and that they treasure your support. And that uh, I think they were encouraged by our visit. Uh, we had a lot of good times with Canon and with Juju, but we also had lots of great discussions with Michael and Chris. And it was uh, it meant so much to them that the elders here and the congregation here uh, are supportive of them, that they were willing to send us to check on them, that they were willing to send all of those goods to support them. And so they intend to be back on furlough uh, sometime towards the end of this year around the holiday season. So don't be surprised if you see them at Christmas time. Um, that'll be about the time. And just so you know, and I know some of you know this, uh, Gavin and Lauren are out of the country at the moment, so they're there on their own. Now, the way the work progresses, that's not a problem because they're working kind of in separate spheres. The work goes on. The way they've structured it to begin with is going to be when they leave, it'll go on without a hitch. And, there's, uh, and that's how it's happening right now. Michael is kind of filling in the studies that Gavin was had, and they have different people that they're interested in because nobody knows for sure when Gavin and Lauren will be back. They're going to be in. They're in Uganda currently. They'll be in the states shortly, and they'll be here for several months. Um, but you can be proud of these two. Uh, I know I am, and I'm glad to be back. I appreciate this opportunity, and I think that's my last picture. No, there's the last picture. It's right before we left, uh, and that's when we were all happy and cool for a moment. Uh, but I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you and thank you all for letting us go over a little bit tonight. I believe Mike has the prayer.